Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Welcome to episode number 56 of the Dave Damashek Football Program, available on iTunes. Subscribe, won't you? Let's talk about all that's going on. It's an exciting time. They say it's a dead period for the NFL, but of course, any football knows now, fan knows now that uh, it's a 12-month-a-year kind of thing, following the free agents. And I just got back from the Combine. Let's talk about it with our old pal here from NFL.com, Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. How sure. was the combine? You were back in Indianapolis? Well, I was right back there three weeks later and, uh, in fact, created a little piece, and I encourage you, nay demand, that you go check it out at NFL.com. Um, they aired it on the network, actually, a little uh, a little bit of it at least. Uh, me at, uh, like I said, cars.com, visiting the combine, a part of my grand tour of these United States Fulfilling the the bucket list for football fans, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went to the combine. I'm going to go to the draft next month, and I assume you and me will make another trip back to Canton once the football season kicks off. I'll go to some games, and I'll bring a fan with me for each of these deeds. So we just got going. So the combine, it was a good time. How do you how do you figure out who's going to go with you? Is there a contest? It's a contest. You go to. Go to NFL.com, and I, I know this is sad that I can't uh, tell you exactly the uh, what, what website to punch in. Just search Damashek. You'll eventually find <laughs> it. It's the it's the uh, NFL fans' ultimate road trip. You'll find it. Just look. You know what? Listen, it's 2012. You've got to be better at computer than Damashek <laughs> is. If you're listening to me and you know how to figure out how to listen to this podcast, surely you can figure that part out. So it was great. Went down on the field, yapped with Brandon Whedon and 
Justin Blackman and so on and so forth. Caught football with Michael Irvin for a while. That was Ooh. a good time. That was really neat. I saw a one-handed grab by him by an errant throw on you, but he was able to snare it. He wasn't that errant. What do you mean it was it was errant? Yeah, he, it's amazing. You know, you watch these guys down on the field in, in, in game. It's remarkable the things that they can do physically. But in a way, watching them in practice is even more amazing, the things they can do when they're uncontested. Just the little parlor tricks that they can do. You know, I'm, I'm definitely of the mind that this combine. If you've been breaking down tape on a guy for the last, it's not like an NHL draft or even an NBA draft where you're drafting a guy from, from the uh, Spanish league who's mm-hmm. 18 and you don't really haven't seen him play and how will he play at the next level. Like the NFL guys, all right, I understand there's a difference between college and, and the NFL, but there's enough tape on these guys. It, the, the cone drill? Is that really going to decide for you? He, was, he wasn't as good at the cone drills, we thought. Move him <laughs> down. We're not taking him in the first round anymore. Does that really happen? That seems It positive. has to. Well, I, I mean, guess it does, or else why else would they do it? But that's a physical, you know, that's not an in-game type of thing. But, yeah, Michael Irvin, it was great. Yeah, he can catch the ball. You throw it to him, he can one-hand catch it behind his back, over his head, everything else. And what was, what was a, a fascinating little moment I had with him was, at the end of it, he and I are almost literally the only people – in the, uh, you know, uh, down on the field or, or even in the site in stands or maybe like a half dozen people total as we finish up and we walk off the field. And um, he does that move, that, 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 that his quintessential sort of pose where he extends his arms out and everything to, to the invisible audience that was, mm-hmm. that was there that day. And, he, and, and you see him kind of feeling it. And I say to him, you know, it's funny. I've been to you know countless ball games over in, in over the course of my life, and every time I'm at a game, I, it always I have this moment where I'm a fly on the wall, and I and I and I see myself looking down with eighty thousand other people at a couple of people on a field, and what an odd, surreal type of thing that is that we gather as human beings to look coliseum like, just like the Romans. We sit and we and we watch. These 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 people do their deeds for our pleasure. It's an odd thing, and I said, you know, listen, women, everything else, Michael Irvin, you've had uh, you've had quite a life. Obviously, we're well aware that you've had uh, you, you've you've had a lot of fun in your life, but that but this has got to be it is being cheered like that. And he said, he he got sort of reflective. You could see him, and you know, not wistful per se, but bittersweet. There was a t- he said, I got to tell you. It's like you're a god, man. It's like you're a god. It's like you're a superhero. I, I can't put it into words. Yes, and that is exactly what would happen to your brain, right? You, you, it would be hard when people get into that thing of, of, um, you know, that guy's got a big ego. Yeah, I guess right. you would. I guess you would have a big ego. I'm not right. forgiving bad behavior, but it is hard to. It would be hard to walk amongst. The uh, the mortals. If 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 what you do well draws uh, wild cheers from eighty thousand people every week. Well, right? geez, Louise, you walk through the NFL dot com commissary, and a couple people comment on the Shame Report or the NFL, and your chest is all protruded, walking around like that's your my, triple H or something. That's my pot belly. That's, yeah. that, that's not my chest. That's <laughs> no, my belly. No, no. 
<laughs> You're all proud. That's not pride. That's beer. Jesus, when, when Trey Wingo was complimenting you on the NFL, you, you wouldn't stop yapping about it for oh, weeks. Yeah, I could true. imagine if there was 80,000 people <laughs> cheering you weekly. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop braying about how proud <laughs> I was about that. But, uh, yeah, so it was great. But I had a really weird experience. Oh, and by the way, we're going to be talking to a guy who was also out there, Jeff Darlington. This character, he's, well, we young, he's young and handsome, this character. And, and the ladies swoon for him. They do. I think the guys do, too, including yourself. I do. Listen, I'm wild for him. I'm <laughs> gaga for this, uh, for this young fella. I think he's a rising star. You know, the, we have the Michael Lombardis of the world and, uh, you know, who, am I th- who else am I thinking of? Uh, Mortensen, these guys. Mm-hmm. But just like, you know, just like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, their careers have to come in. And Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin III have to replace them. This is what Jeff Darlington is. He's a star on the rise. He's so handsome, I can't believe he was in print for so long. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a like, it's really weird. And this also means we can't have handsome Hank on today because it would be too much handsome. You're right. You're right. At some point, it's really going to start to eat us up. It would start and, collapsing on itself. I mean, right. it, would, it, would be, it would help to balance me out. Our fra- you know? Yeah, our, our fragile egos, I don't think, can take that much handsome looking back at us. But anyway, <laughs> Darlington's going to visit us. Good news for us, Rank. We don't have to actually look at Darlington, though. He's going to be on the telephone. So I'm going to pull right. up his picture, though, online. Now, pull up a balding guy. <laughs> my, my own? My own? I was just going to say, or, uh, put, just look at me and pretend that I'm him, and that'll make you make you less intimidated. <laughs> anyway, so it was a great time. It's odd over there because there are things like, you know, they're the same place, same place where the same restaurant, same bar, everything else, mm-hmm. but it's it's infinitely less crowded. There are a thousand times fewer people out there that were at the Super Bowl. and But, I mean, the one night, uh, sitting there at the table next to me for a couple hours at least with Michael Lombardi was Bill Belichick in the hoodie sweatshirt, of as a matter of fact, in that New England Patriots sweatshirt. But just sitting, it's really an interesting thing. And and I, I didn't do it because I didn't know what exactly to say to Coach Belichick, but I did want to go up to him and have some words with him. But, I, you know, you yap with... Uh, Contentious I, words or just to talk to him? What would you want me to say? Of course it'd be crosswords. How dare you do what you did to, to the Steelers and in uh, January of ought two. That was the Steelers' Super Bowl to win, not the Patriots. That's what I would have told him. Very nice. I don't know. What, was he by himself or what was he doing? Was he with Michael Lombardi? Yeah, he was yeah, he was hanking out. I didn't his, know if a, there was a gaggle of his chums. But yeah, I, I you know, I glad handed a bit with Mean Joe Green, which was of course a pleasure for me. And it's all personnel guys is what it is. Mm-hmm. And then the players, of course, and so like I said, I caught up with some of those guys. But here's, are there fans walking around? Not really. They, I guess they let fans in on Saturday, I think, is when they let fans in the, in the Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, but uh, not really. No, it's, it's, it's very, you know, it's buttoned down, but they're, you know, it's, it's much more intimate. And it's, so it was a, an interesting experience to see those guys. And, and you get the inside and, poop on things that you wouldn't hear. Because people, they, they look at me. I start talking to them, and, they're, and, and you can see in their eyes, like, wait a second. You're from the NFL. I guess I should talk to you. And then it's sort of as the conversation proceeds, they sort of like, wait a second. On one hand, you're from the NFL. On the other hand, you're a ridiculous jackass. <laughs> you know, they yeah. don't know what to think exactly. Right. But you're not the one running around in compression shorts and skin tight shirts. Wasn't that? I mean, is it just I don't understand the whole thing with the combine. You're measuring them doing the cone drill, as you say, or the 40-yard. Why aren't they in a uniform? Why not make point. it practical? I want to see how this guy runs in a uniform. I want to see how he catches in a uniform. All this stuff. They're running around basically in their underwear. 
Why? How is that a good, accurate representation of what they can do on the field? It's a question that I don't have the answer for. Um, but, yeah, you know, and, and just for the record, before you ask, no, I did not throw at the combine. You did not. Luck, Griffin, Damashek, none of us threw at the combine. Probably for the best because, you know, you get receivers that you're not really in sync with. No. They make you look bad. My pro day, I'm, yeah, when, when, once we can map it out and really lay it out, I think that's going to highlight what Damashek can do for your, for your football team. That should be one of your cars.com thing. You go back to the University of Indiana, you have your own pro day. Mm-hmm. And you take one of these people in the contest of the of the of the game that nobody can find online. Apparently, you take them and you let them watch your pro day. I think that that should be your next trip before the draft. Not a bad idea. Maybe I'll stop over there. Maybe I can stop back in the Hoosier State for my mm-hmm. third visit in uh, in five or six weeks. But all right, so I'm boarding an airplane. Listen to let me lay this on you before we get to Darlington. Tell me what you think of this. Okay, I get on. Well, I, I fly through Chicago O'Hare. Mm-hmm another place I used to reside. I fly out of Indianapolis in the morning. I go, I get to O'Hare for a little layover. Now I'm waiting in, in the, uh, whatever you call it, the terminal thing, to, to get on the plane, and I see Sinbad sitting in there. Mm-hmm. And I think, wow, Sinbad's on this plane. That's weird. It's a good thing. It's a kind of a, a, someone said this to me once, that they feel secure when there's someone famous on the plane. Because because you never hear about planes going down when they have famous people on. Really, them. like Leonard Skinner? Well, that's a different thing. That's a charter. We're not talking Buddy Holly. Mm-hmm. We're talking. We're, at least I'm talking about a commercial flight. You never hear about that. So I think. Wonder if Sinbad rises to the level of fame that means that I should feel safe, which right. of course is nonsense. And then not two minutes later, who comes walking up? But Tom Green. <laughs> And so right. I start so I start tweeting about this. I start cracking wise more at my expense than at theirs. Um, and by the way, you can follow at Damashek and rank at Adam Rank. Uh, so I start tweeting out and I say, look at this. Damashek, Tom Green, Sinbad, all on the same flight, a trio of hacks. I hope the discerning comedy gods aren't a vindictive bunch or else we could be in trouble. So I tweet that out and someone, some wiseacre tweets back at me. Well, you better hope you don't see Rosie O'Donnell on that flight or Tom Arnold or else you know you're like Homer and Bart in that Treehouse for Ho- Treehouse <laughs> of Horror episode <laughs> of, of The Simpsons. Remember that when they get on Karen the one plane? Top. Yeah, the one plane, it takes them into the, you know, into, oh, I don't remember what. Into they, the sun. Into, into the sun and, uh, yeah, and uh, um, Marge gets to, and Lisa get to go off into safety wherever they go. <laughs> so, um, so I, so, uh, ha I laugh. And now, but now my eyes out. Like, well, what if there's someone else who's who's bad, famous <laughs> on the on this flight? And I get on, and as a, but finally we board, and I walk by Tom Green and Sinbad in first class mm. on my way back to my seat because I'm a man of the people, right? And also because the NFL doesn't fly me first class. But anyway, so I'm walking by, I walk by these two guys in their first class seats. Who else? Who else from the NFL was was? Was there other NFL people on your flight? No, there were not. So okay. I don't know who who gets the bump up to uh, to to the royal treatment, but certainly not Damashek, a man of the people. Mm-hmm. So as I'm making my way back, I'm th- I, it surprises me. Like, oh, well, I guess good for Sinbad and Tom Green that they still have enough uh, Jack that they can. Sinbad is still wildly successful as a stand-up. Yeah, that sin that that stand-up Tom Green, thing. Tom Green is still touring around too, but is I know right? Sin Sinbad's doing very. Sinbad is very well respected. Well, I just gave you the answer. I wanted to ask you this as a as a little question, mm-hmm. um, but now it's too late. But so they're in first class. As I go back to my seat, I walk by in row thirty. Mm-hmm. I walk by Rob Zombie. 
Okay. Long salt and pepper hair, tatted all the way up and past his wrist onto his hand. It's Rob Zombie. And then there's no mistaking Rob Zombie. Right. I walk by him, and not only is he in row 30, he's in the middle seat. Oh. He's in the dirty middle seat. <laughs> Rob Zombie's in the dirty middle seat, row 30. Meantime, Sinbad and Tom Green, first class treatment. I oh. couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And I ask you, and actually today, Black Tie is out, and so look who's back behind the glass. It's Wilk Tie. Mm-hmm. I ask Wilk Tie and you, Adam Rank, does that surprise you? If I told you those three names, one is in the dirty middle seat in coach, the other two are in first class, who would you predict would have gotten that? Does that make sense? Rob Zombie number gets, gets the dirty middle seat? Maybe. I do think that Sinbad would, to me, seem like the most likely to be sitting in coach because he seems like a man of the people. Well, Tom, he's, a, he's a plus-size guy, though, yeah, so he's a big practically guy. So I don't it see, would make sense. So I don't say middle seat doesn't make a lot of sense for him. Tom Green, I would think, is broke, although is he's still getting money from Drew Barrymore. He is? Is he? No, I'm asking. I don't know. Is, <laughs> I don't is that part of so. their divorce is that he was – he was siphoning money off of her for, like, you know, alimony or something? I don't think so. I don't remember his career exactly. And first of all, let me say, before it be, before it's too much of a punchline, Tom Green, and it's easy to make fun of him because he's done a lot of terrible things, including uh, Freddie Got Fingered. But um, the first year of his show was pretty good. The first right. year of his MTV show, you can make your jokes now, but at the time we were all laughing. Then, it, then you realized, oh, that's all he has, and then it got less amusing. But uh, – but okay, yeah, I agree with you. Sinbad over him. Sinbad's making that uh, different world residual money. He was in the the Bill Cosby right, spinoff show, Different World. So he made money that, and then he gigs, uh, and and that's something people don't know that those, those stand up. Those if you're a headliner, stand up touring. That's why Rank continues to to pull this uh, to 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 indulge this uh, pipe dream of being <laughs> a of being a a leading guy in, on the on the comedy circuit because you make a lot of cash doing it that way. Yes. So he's doing that, but Rob Zombie's directed movies. He had he had listen terrible songs, but they were popular. Yep. Did you like Rob Zombie? You did for a while, didn't you? Not really. What was it really wasn't. I am a, what, did, what was his? What were his songs? It's what you know what. But anytime there's tell a me movie, one of his songs. That's the one that's always the movie trailer. What is it? I don't know. More human than Wilk Tie. What's a, what's a, how's a Rob Zombie song go? I can't. I just know it's that. I can't think of. Uh, I, I got nothing. Thanks for I'm, being, <laughs> thanks for being so quick. Are you even paying attention to no, the show? No, he's, he's there's a uh, show going on. I oh, thought you geez. guys were just talking. Is no, it, are he, we recording this? He's I Facebooking. Do. He's Facebooking. I, I really wish, I really wish that people could see this because around the halls here at the NFL.com and the NFL Network, Wilk Ty is known as Kid Damashek for his love of flannel shirts. They're not. Fl- I don't know why people. <laughs> yeah, have yeah I flat agree. And flannel are the exact same thing. I don't understand this. Whatever. Neither one of us is wearing a flannel shirt. Exactly. Yes, That's what I'm it's... saying. I've, I have literally one, and I think I've worn it twice here. He's got on a Western shirt. <laughs> I've got on a plaid shirt. It's the, same, it's the same style of shirt that you're known for. Well, point is, can we get back to Rob Zombie, please? I want to get that. You know the Rob. I don't know why I have to explain to the audience, because we're the only three people. Yes. Who are oh, listening? Oh, now or, everybody! I'm gonna get. We're gonna everybody get knows this. podcast exists. Yeah, we're the only three people. People are gonna. <laughs> don't laugh at that. That only at, encourages him. I now, know. But Rob Zombie also directed movies. Yep. I couldn't believe it. I like this though as a recurring thing for us now. Okay. I want to do this all the time. Let by hey, Wilk tie. That's our poll question for today. Who deserved the dirty middle seat? Row thirty E. 
you know, row 30E, who gets the middle seat? Zombie, Green, Sinbad. Of course, Damashek gets it. You know, that's a, right. But I, th- I think that this is the way between this trio, because that's a, that's a it's a variation on that game. Some people like to do the uh, the, uh, you know, Mary kill right. as a third option. And I think you can figure out what FMK. That is. Yes. Yeah. People know that game. But this is even worse because mm-hmm. this just really puts you out on an island like, you know, Tom Green. You might say, I don't want him flying first class, but I got to give it to him before I give it to blank. Right. I think I think to me it's got to be Tom Green. I can't believe Rob Zombie, a recording artist. See, to me the Rob Zombie doesn't want to fly first class. Like he, maybe he maybe. could. I just don't think he wants to to be up there and deal with it. I think he wants to scare people with the hoy polloi. Yeah, I'd like to be in first class. They, I bet you would because they serve you food. Throughout. You know, Fran Charles flies first class. First class. He was I on know. My Does flight. he? Yeah, they all do, don't they? Who else was on your flight? Just Fran was on, and and on the way home, I had uh, Benny B roll, David Benheim. Uh, also known as tie dye, to mm. our listeners. Neck tie dye, yes. Tie dye. Well, also, but maybe maybe the reason I can't fly first class is that now that I'm doing this cars dot com road trip, I'm now an enemy to air travel. Wait, they so look you, at me. Wait. They look at me. They're like, "Don't you let him treat him as badly as you can." His preferred mode of transportation is automobile. Good. He should have stayed in there. Treat him bad in the airline. I think it, it. We lose a little bit of the magic if you're not driving to Indianapolis. You're right. This is a road trip. All right. Why should you even be ama- even admitting this? Let's say we'll hit the road. That's all. Um, Can I ask you one? I don't know if may. this would be. I don't. But what about that as a poll question? Who's your I vote? like that I'm going poll Tom question. Green. And I want to do this for other things. Like Can you do it? Well, in the future, we'll do Flacco, Sanchez, Romo. Who gets uh, who gets 30 E? That's mm-hmm. our new question. Who gets 30 E out of this gang? Can you use it if? All three guys are great, and you're trying to figure out who's not. Yes. Who's, so if I was to say now, Heinz Ward was just released by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who gets 30 E? Swan, Stallworth, or Ward? Ward. That's pretty easy, I guess. Yeah, that's not. Well, I think some people would make a case. I do happen to think that Heinz Ward is a. You know, I know that there are legitimate uh, national media types who are have quickly with the announcement of uh, Heinz Ward's departure. Heinz Ward's departure from the Steelers have announced. Let's stop the nonsense right now about Heinz Ward being a Hall of Famer. He's absolutely a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. and if you're evaluating him in a vacuum, he's certainly a Hall of Famer. This now the logic that I can buy into is get in line behind Chris Carter and possibly Tim Brown. But the idea... I'd put him ahead of Tim Brown, but I'm still not convinced he's a Hall of Famer. Well, look, you know, and and Pete Prisco of CBS quickly is one of these guys who tweeted out, he only averaged 55 yards a game receiving. That's, That's horrible. That doesn't get you into the Hall of Fame. Well, Pete Prisco... There are only 12 Hall of Famers who had a, a per-game average over their career higher than that, so I think we can throw that one out. And if you want to get into that sort of thing, how about Fred Bolitnikoff? Fred Bolitnikoff is like about 150. He's in the Hall of Fame. Heinz but, Ward, and, and I also say, this is what I always say about Lynn Swan. It may not be fair to judge things this way, but I'm not one of the voters. I didn't put Lynn Swan in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the when you rise to the occasion, that resonates when you sit down to vote, and Lynn Swan is in the Hall of Fame, same as John Stallworth, I would argue, because they came up big in Super Bowls. Right. Lin Swan's a Super Bowl M- MVP. Heinz Ward has two rings. He was a Super Bowl MVP. That matters. If it didn't matter, then uh, then Drew uh, Drew Pearson would be in the Hall of Fame, and Fred Bolitnikoff and Lin Swan might not be. 
Clearly, mm-hmm. what matters is rising in these in these signature moments. And, uh, and, and so, yes, Heinz Ward, the blocking thing. How many times did we have to hear John Madden talk about, uh, this is a football player. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what Heinz Ward is right there. He's a football player. That matters. He's the greatest blocker of, in, in, in history or of the generation. I know that seems like hyperbole, but that's what people say. And the people voting are the ones who've been saying it. They're going to support their own opinion that he was a dominant all-around football player. Was he the dominant receiver of his era? No. Who, who said not. that that's the standard? That he has should to be, be the He has standard. to be the dominant receiver of the he era? He should be a, one of them. I would make a case he was. Statistically, obviously, he was. Yeah, on a, on a team that didn't okay. throw the ball a ton in his career. And, Wait, and I don't no, care. no, no, no. They started throwing the ball a lot in the latter part of his career. And when you're for the last at- For the last seven years, he's had Roethlisberger. But he went for a long time in his career with Cordell Stewart and Tommy Maddox still and Jim NFL, Miller. Still and NFL quarterbacks. All right. I'm just saying. I'm, I listen, I'm not it, saying the, he, the hard part. Marvin no, Harrison played his entire career with Peyton Manning. Right. All right. So That's that, fine. The the problem is is when you start talking about Lynn Schwan and Fred Bolitnikoff, the the thing I like is that you're comparing them to their peers. You're c- comparing Fred Bolitnikoff to guys who played in the seventies and Lynn Schwan to guys who played in the seventies. You don't want to compare them to the numbers that receivers are putting up now because it's not fair because the rules are different, the quarterbacks are different, teams are playing year round. You know they're they're practicing. These guys aren't getting part time jobs during the the spring and summer. So my criteria is you start looking at the guys who were play, who Heinz Ward was playing against. You look at, was he better than Terrell Owens? Was he better than Randy Moss? And you got to start looking at questions like that. Now, at the end of when everybody's career is over and we have a time to look uh, at it. Let me answer no, no, that. You're on. asking it let hypothetically. Ask, I am, but let me explain. When we get five years away and we start looking back at it, you know, we'll start asking those questions like, was he was he dominant? He went to four Pro Bowls. It wasn't like he was a perennial Pro Bowler every year. He's four Pro Bowls is pretty That's good. Decent. That ain't jive either. Donald Driver's been to four Pro Bowls. Is he going to the Hall of Fame? He's going. To, he's following in uh, Heinz's dancing shoes. In one direction. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's the big thing about when you talk about it. If I want to talk about it practically, now if I'm a voter and I'm voting, I don't I would have to look at it when his career this is why we have a five year window as you start looking back and go, you know what, that guy was better than I thought he was when he was playing, or he wasn't as good as I thought he was now that I've had some time. The problem is is with these voters, is guys that are charismatic, especially off the field. That carries so much, and that Heinz Ward was doing Dancing with the Stars. He's no doubt going into television when his career is done. You start looking at him, and you're like, oh, yeah, well, he's in the Hall of Fame because he's going to be at the top of your mind. Where a guy like, and I know I'm changing positions, but Charles Haley was not a very good media-friendly guy, and reporters didn't like him, and so they're keeping him out of the Hall of Fame. I think that's, that's bogus. Uh, yeah, that's bogus, Charles Haley, and for that matter, Chris Carter. Are that those guys aren't in the Hall of Fame is ridiculous, but that's not the question I ask. I mm-hmm. didn't say do they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I said will Heinz Ward go into the Hall of Fame, and I say yes, he will. And I think, and by the way, well, it, as far whether, as what you say, he, he maybe maybe he's not he a first year guy, maybe he's not a second year guy, maybe he doesn't get. But at some point, he is going into the Hall of Fame. Heinz Ward, that whole thing, he's a football player. He's a great blocking guy. He scored all these touch. It, it may be in 30 years, but he's getting into the Hall of Fame at some point. He goes in. That's just the way it is. His numbers, I realize the, the, the thing that is bad for the, you know, 
Andre Reeds, the Andre Reeds of the world and guys like that is their numbers are now so out of whack because everybody puts up numbers now. So it's hard to sort of quantify their place. Heinz Ward has better numbers than in, in, in some regards, at least than Charlie Taylor. Was he as good as Charlie Taylor? That, no, again, no, but you're starting to go outside of his era. I know, well, but I'm saying I'm not. You know, of course, not uh, but very, I can play that game with a lot of uh, of middling talent. I can do that with Donald hey, Driver had, as well. He had more receiving yards than Roger Staubach. That's so where he it gets tricky. That's where it gets tricky. I I agree. You have to have discerning taste buds with this. You have to be able to look at that and use your eyeball test. And I th- use the eyeball test. I would say Heinz Ward, yes, was dominant. How in many his times way. did he lead the league in anything? Like, did he ever lead the league in receptions? Did he ever lead the league in yards, touchdowns, anything like that? I don't know. I, I mean, that's a big, no. I, I, but that's a big thing to me. Is like, could you at least be dominant at something? I mean, he was a good. He's the all, dominant he's blocker. A good, okay, well, is that Great enough? Pass catcher. Is that enough? Great pass catcher. Him just being a blocker, like yeah, he blocked pretty. Number well. one receiver Looks on uh, number one receiver on the, uh, the team that won the Super Bowl. Okay, uh, Super Bowl Super MVP. Bowl 40. Okay, well, Otis Anderson was a Super Bowl MVP. Should he be in the Hall of Fame? I, by, you know what? Numbers similar to Marcus Allen. Can I tell you something? Otis Anderson probably does belong in the Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah, let's say that's that's not a good example for you to throw out because don't forget what he did early is he in his in career. the Hall of Fame? That no, is a not. perfect example to throw out. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Ah, uh, but does he deserve? All right. uh, you know what? You're confusing me with your <laughs> logic. I don't like it, Rank. Don't show me up with that. All right. Before uh, we got to get to Jeff Darlington here, let's quickly. Oh, you know what? Let's talk to Jeff Darlington right now, Rank. I say of this man that mm-hmm. if there were, if he were a stock, I'd right. be loading up on him right now because I think he's going places. I think he's going to the moon is where I think he's going. He's our colleague at the NFL Network. You can follow him on the Twitter at Jeff Darlington. It's Jeff Darlington. What's the poop, fella? I always, I always wanted to go to the moon. That would be. A- <laughs> well, then <laughs> I guess we know where. I, I guess we know who you're voting for. You know, we know you're voting for Newt Gingrich. <laughs> then. Yeah, I guess so. No, so, I'm not going on the record publicly with, with any endorsement. Political headline, I think we, that'll, that'll, that'll be the headline out of this one. Is yeah. Darlington <laughs> discusses Gingrich. Hang up now. Political <laughs> adv- advocacy is a no-no at the NFL, so we're not going to do that. But, uh, Darlington, you and I did get the kibitz over in Indianapolis last weekend, saw you there, and uh, that's a good time. I saw your column. You were writing about uh, your nightly visits to Steak and Shake. I didn't get over there myself. Was it really loaded with a bunch of uh, NFL personnel guys? Yeah, it actually always is. It's a pretty uh, incredible scene, and it's usually not crowded until probably after 2 a.m. So, I mean, guys definitely work really hard at the Combine, but I think everybody follows the number one rule, which is you have to play hurt. So I think that you know <laughs> people are willing to go to sleep late and wake up early, but Steak and Shake is always packed until probably, well, I don't want to give away how late I've been. Well, I matriculated in uh, Bloomington, Indiana, just south of there. So I had a few uh, late-night visits to Steak and Shake. In case you're not familiar, it's a regional joint. Great burgers, like they say, great shakes and fries and all that kind of stuff. Sort of an old-timey feel there. Yeah, it was funny, though. I felt like uh, having been in Indianapolis three weeks prior for the Super Bowl, in reflection, I felt like that was sort of amateur hour. That's everybody. That's celebrity time. Mm -hmm. But then it gets boiled down to everybody. Oh, look who I'm standing next to. There aren't very many people here, but I'm standing next to Ozzie Newsome right now. And then at the table over there, there's Bill Belichick. It's it's that sort of a scene. It's much more intimate. Much more intimate. I mean, the Super Bowl was a blast, obviously, but I actually was looking forward to the combine. 
it was cool, and uh, you were bending the ear. I guess uh, all these personnel guys were bending your ear about uh, all the inside poop. So let's yap about it a little bit. And where shall we start? A lot of big storylines right now. Let's start with, I guess, the one that everybody's yapping about, Peyton Manning. What's the score there? A lot of teams obviously could use a quarterback if it's Peyton Manning. Uh, circa, you know, 2008, 2009. The question is whether or not his uh, he's going to be able to sufficiently grab a football and sling it like he used to. But what's the poop you're hearing on that and what teams are interested in him? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. I would imagine that if teams could gather whether or not um, he is healthy enough at this point, we'd have, you know, more than a dozen teams interested in him. But at this point, I think teams are treading carefully. Uh, you know, I get the sense that based on interviews just with Rex Ryan and Mike Tannenbaum from the Jets, hard to close the door on the possibility that he could actually draw some interest there. I know Rex Ryan is a huge Peyton Manning fan. Uh, you know, if, if you do bring him in, if you flirt with him, you better get him, though, because that will certainly send a message to Mark Sanchez. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Mark, Mark Sanchez I, has to realize he's not as good as Peyton Manning, even coming off right. neck surgery. No doubt, and I think that he would quickly uh, understand that. But if, if Mark is the franchise quarterback, you can't be flirting with guys to just completely come and re- replace him. I agree with you. I know a lot of people think that uh, that the Dolphins, because of the way they started the season and uh, coaching overhaul and everything else, they the, the perception is, is that they're far away. The Dolphins, though, are a good quarterback away from being a real contender in the AFC, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I, I've been down here covering this team for the past six years before I uh, joined on with you lovely people at NFL.com, and I'm telling you, they have changed the culture within the locker room. They're not that far off, uh, and I think that they recognize this is the time that they need to really pounce. They've got Brennan Marshall in his prime. They've got Reggie Bush in his prime. Carlos Gainsby on defense. Dante Davis, Sean Smith. If they can fix the right side of their offensive line, get some pass rush, and, and, and drop that quarterback. And I know that sounds like a lot, but I don't think they're that far off from being a playoff contender. Would they, they have a pretty high draft pick. They're choosing number eight overall. Could they get into the RG3 sweepstakes? Yeah, I, I mean, I think they'll definitely try to find out what it's going to take to get there. Uh, obviously, they'll have an idea based on uh, precedence, but I think that RG3 is going to draw uh, a lot more interest maybe than we've ever even seen before. So will the Dolphins be willing to get into that mess? I think that they're more than willing to at least find out what it'll take. Uh, if they want to make that move, I'm sure it's something that Steve Ross would advocate. It's, it's a matter of whether Jeff Ireland thinks that that is the, the best option for their team. Let's stay with that for a second. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to get that number two pick overall. Obviously, the Rams have made it clear they're willing to, to give up right. for it, so now I assume the, the, the Dolphins, the Browns, and so on, there are a number of teams vying for that spot now. What is the price tag going to be for that? What are they going to have to give up to, to get that, two, that number two pick? You know, I don't know. I, you have to assume it's obviously going to be two number ones um, and, and, and probably a third pick, maybe a second-round pick and potentially a player involved in that trade, too, and a decent player. You know, I'm just throwing that out there as a possibility, but I just think that we're not talking about um, just two number ones here. We're obviously in a situation where if more than one team is interested, as long as more than the Browns are interested in that pick, and I'm I'm pretty confident that that will be the case, you're going to get into a, a, a driving negotiation where this price is going to go, I think, very, very high. 
And by the way, as far as that goes, imagine if the Rams are able to still get Blackman trading down. They get Blackman. They get uh, you know they get future first yeah. round draft picks. Plus, they get a legitimate player that they can plug into their top twenty two players. There, all of a sudden, this team with Jeff Fisher is is remade. Sam Bradford lost sophomore season. You figure second, a uh, third season, he'll he'll uh, get back uh, to form, and that and. The Rams are the only weak link of last year's NFC West. I think all of a sudden the NFC West, which was a punchline for about right. five years or so, is is suddenly about as rugged a, a division as there is in football. Yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, I think that the Rams really are going to need to make some really valuable picks with those choices. It's not as easy as just sure. trading out of that and finding guys. Like you said, they get Blackman. That's a huge help for Bradford. But this team needs players at just about every position. They need depth at just about every position. So, but bringing in Fisher, um, you know, Les Snead, the guy who's worked under Thomas Dimitrov in Atlanta, having him there, having Bradford in place, they're at least heading in the right direction. Kind of change the culture, add some depth, something they should be able to do with the, the, this plentiful amount of draft picks. Just in time for their move back to Los Angeles. It's all working out perfect. <laughs> right. You know, it's funny, too, because, you know, we were talking about Peyton Manning a moment ago. If the Cardinals are the team that goes out and gets Peyton Manning, or let's say mm-hmm. it's Seattle, now you're looking at a couple of teams. Like, they're, they could have three teams in the playoffs because it, the, the Seahawks and the Cardinals were already challenging last year for a playoff berth, fell, fell short ultimately. But now you're looking at a strong team. The NFC West that I remember as a kid from the 80s. They're going to be totally. back. I mean, yeah, you're talking about a division, like you said, that's been, I mean, going into last year, it was like, do they even deserve to, to have the winner of their division make the playoffs? And, and now all of a sudden we're talking about one of the most competitive in the, in the league. Yeah, that's now how we talk about the AFC West. That's yes. now the punchline division in the NFL. What about, do we even have to bother? Our time, your time at Darlington is precious. Do we even bother to address Drew Brees? There's no chance he's leaving New Orleans, right? No, no. I remember about a month ago I was talking to a uh, a higher tier source that that has pretty good familiar uh, about that, and he's trying to tell me that uh, that Drew Brees or you know will stay in New Orleans as if it's some secret. I don't think anybody expects anything other than Drew Brees staying there. That would be a huge shock. Of course. Well, let's talk about the one that does have me a little bit nervous and uh, as a Steeler fan and Pittsburgh fans are going a little bit crazy. First of all, Heinz Ward is, uh, you know, the, 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 the cutting of Heinz Ward is a necessary evil. They, there's something called the cap. People are familiar with it. They're going to be victims um, from that $4.5 million for a number four wide receiver who doesn't play special teams. Makes sense as far as I'm concerned. Mike Wallace, the other one, people don't understand why they didn't franchise him. But, of course, they don't have because they're so up against the cap with all these longtime vets on their team. They, are, they don't have the ability to pay him $9.5 million, yeah. which is what the franchise tag would call for. So, with that being said, what do you say? Where's Mike Wallace going to be? Who's what uniforms he going to be wearing in 2012? I honestly have no idea, but it's crazy that a guy of that caliber is, is could hit the open market. And I think that's something that people don't realize about the franchise tag. I mean, you put it perfectly. This is not a situation where you can just oh, the franchise tag. That's like a, a free little card you can throw out there and keep the player. Right. You're talking about paying a guy top five, you know, money in the league, and, and that's. That's a pretty penny to pay for a wide receiver. And it's also beyond that. It's not just that it's it's not a subjective 
choice by the Steelers. Should we do this or not? They don't have the ability. They would not. They uh, the the moves that they would have to make to then get under the cap are are, are just about uh, unrealistic with the 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 things that they would have to do. So I get the sense that. Baltimore is going to be a player because of the uh, the double whammy that that would yeah. do to their division foe. That's a good one. I think the Patriots are a real player. I know that Josh McDaniels is is fond of Brandon Lloyd, and they wouldn't have to get a first round pick, give up a first round pick to get him like they would in all likelihood with Mike Wallace. But I also think that uh, you know uh, that the Belichick and company up there would love the idea. Again, this is a conference foe. This is one of their perennial mm-hmm. challengers to get to the Super Bowl. If you could remove that team but beyond that a guy going into his fourth year all of a sudden for the remainder of Tom Brady's career essentially you'd have a burner to pair up with those two tight ends plus Wes Welker assuming he winds up back there boy what a what a brutal I mean essentially you'd be Randy Moss it'd be where they were a couple years ago um, adding a player of that caliber there I think that's where he's going to wind up and then the other one you hear is the 49ers any buzz on any of those possibilities well I mean I think the first two are great options Baltimore really intriguing the idea that I mean you consider that Anquan Bolden is their number one guy you can't have Anquan Bolden as the number one receiver especially if you expect to maximize Flacco's potential that would be such a nice fit for both the Ravens uh, from the standpoint that you mentioned you also are removing something from the, the team that you play twice a year. I think that would be an awesome fit, uh, but make some strong cases for the Patriots as well. What about, though, what about this notion, and I talked to a few people there in uh, Indianapolis about this, and this is a sort of inside poop that, uh, that you know, someone like me doesn't usually get. And I found it uh, very interesting that Ozzie Newsom is a so-called league guy, and he considers – franchise tagging people or taking guys I mean a restricted free agents I should say by signing guys who are restricted free agents on other teams is essentially uh, collusion of some sort and so he frowns on it philosophically and that's why he won't go after Mike Wallace the Ravens coaches of course would love to have (laughs) Mike Wallace but the idea of being a, a league guy trumping that is fascinating to me that that would really get in the way of what could really shift the AFC I mean, that's the ultimate integrity if that's the case, because if there was ever a time to make an exception, wouldn't this be it? I mean, that's, that's, you're talking about a, a giant need that your team has. Uh, you're talking about a, a, the team that you're, you play that you, know, that you have to get through, not only to get to the playoffs, but potentially to the Super Bowl as well. Uh, could pl- wind up playing them three times in the year. So, I mean, you're talking about the best scenario. If he didn't do it for that reason... Uh, that is a man of great, great integrity. <laughs> Too much so, especially for a guy who was there when the Browns moved to Baltimore. Your integrity's yeah. out the window. But when we talk right. about all these guys, you talk about Mike Wallace, I feel he'll ultimately stay in Pittsburgh. Drew Brees, as we mentioned before, he's going to stay in New Orleans. What's going to be the big name? Who's going to be the big name that kind of shakes everything up? Or is there even going to be one? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm still trying to figure out the Peyton Manning target. So I don't, I mean... I don't know what's going to really shake things up for people. I think that obviously there's there's a few guys out there, but I mean we've already hit on on the big ones. Well, and I guess that's really where the dominoes are going to start falling. We, we know Luck, and we know uh, we know Robert right. Griffin the third, and so on. But that's really going to be the big piece, and things will take shape once we know whether or not uh, Peyton Manning can legitimately throw a ball. But I mentioned Griffin, and I said this before the combine. In fact, I said this to Griffin to his face. I predicted 
that by the end of the combine, he will have closed the gap on Andrew Luck. And, and in fact, people will actually have to ask the question, is it definitely Andrew Luck? It is still definitely Andrew Luck for the Colts, yes? Yeah, I think so. I, I kept asking myself the same question for the weekend. And you have to make sure that you kind of scale back and remember that just because we're seeing this guy up close at the combine for one weekend, uh, this is not necessarily a major surprise to any of these teams who have been studying him for years and years and years. So I think that the understanding is still that Andrew Luck is the number one guy. But when you talk about what RG3 was capable, was able to do in this situation, is he was able to maximize the value, really solidify his place as the number two pick, and really it's going to cause some teams to pay more than maybe they expected to pay. And what was actually surprising, because if you watch RG3, you kind of expected them to go out and put the numbers up. But a lot of people, I think, were caught off guard by how athletic Andrew Luck is, because nobody talks yeah. about him in those in those terms. I think he really helped himself by his combine performance, just through the 40-yard through the dash and everything. He came off, I felt, really good. Isn't it crazy that, that so many people were su- surprised by the athleticism? I, I mean, I think that we've compared him so often to Peyton Manning that we assume that that's who he is. But this is a guy who, throughout his career at Stanford, really ran a- around a lot, really is a strong-bodied, big-moving guy. And, I mean, he put up numbers like Cam Newton. I'm not saying that they're perfect comparisons, but they're very pro-ready. They're both guys who are athletic and both have rocket arms. They're much more comparable than people might think. Uh, I agree with you, and I've said this before, and I'm not race-baiting or anything like that, but I really do believe that with Robert Griffin III, if he were if he were white, I re- I, the, the, the notion that what's going on with this Robert Griffin III? We better see. Is he just an athlete? Listen, this is a guy yeah. who could go to law school. He's got a cannon for an arm. He obviously runs around great. He's a winner. He took a perennial loser in the uh, Big 12 and made him into a, 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 a legitimate program almost all by himself. I really do think, you know, is there any merit to that, that if he were white, that everybody would be like, of course this guy is uh, the second best or maybe even the best player in the draft this year? But you could say it about both guys. It's so stupid to me that we still even, you know, like that people still want to even bring that up to the topic. It's like we could say that about Andrew Luck, you know, just because it's a surprise to people that he's athletic because he's You're right. And the same thing with RG3. It's so dumb that we have not been able to get over the fact that these guys are able to break down stereotypes and actually do things that people don't expect people of their race to do. It's so unbelievably ridiculous to me. I agree with you. All right, last thing for you, Darlington. You're in Miami, like you say there. And, you know, you're a young, handsome fella. Believe me, some of the ladies out here, I don't want to embarrass you, but some of the ladies out here in the uh, at the network in Culver City, California, on the West Coast, they swoon over this Darlington. You know, they, they, they swoon. Now, you're getting married. Never met me. Well, look. I I don't get it. What what are you doing? What are you doing getting hitched here? <laughs> I I just found the perfect person, you know. All right, good it's, for you. <laughs> yeah, but she she uh, she keeps me far more humble. She does not say any complimentary things. Of course she would. She's trying to keep you grounded. She, she has to. What's it's survival? That's what she's doing. She you can't know? let you yeah, know. I walk through the door and she just starts yelling at me, telling me, you know. You're like the human beings before computers learned that they could learn. <laughs> yes. Then once they learn that they're capable, what they're capable of, they take us over. Didn't you see exactly. Terminator? 
You're the Terminator. I thought that I was not vulnerable to it, but there you go. (laughs) He's going to be like Josh Dumel, and he's going to be, you know, right there, and he's going to get rid of her and go out with a celebrity, celebrity, (laughs) celebrity, whatever. Well, well, listen, we appreciate your work, and uh, you're a swell fella, and we encourage you to move out here on the West Coast, if only so that we can go and hang out with you at a bar. uh, He will be in the movies if he does that. He will leave us far behind. Fantastic time. Yes, we I would. That, I hope that at some point I can spend more time in the Culver City area. Well, let me add, what, actually one last thing for you. If I told you I was on a flight coming back from uh, the combine, if I told you that I, that Sinbad, Tom Green, and uh, and uh, Rob Zombie were on my flight, which of those three do you think two are in first class? One is in coach, sitting in the dirty middle seat. Which one do you think it was? Come on. Who was it? This is a true story. I mean, I'm trying to figure out who would have gone broke. Did, did one of those guys, I mean. I don't know if they're broke or maybe one's just uh, thrifty. But, uh, but it, maybe, just, maybe they're keeping it real, you know, with the real people. Back all right, we'll take a guess. Who was it in coach? God, I don't even want to guess now. Was it Sinbad? It wasn't Sinbad. Was it, it wasn't Sinbad. What do you mean you don't want to guess? What's going to happen? They're going <laughs> to <They're gonna laughs> they're use their influence to squash you? <laughs> I'm a skinny guy, you know. I'm vulnerable was, to people's attacks. It was Rob Zombie. That's the correct really? answer. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I, I was floored. I was as floored as you are. I couldn't he believe. He probably it. doesn't want to hang up there with the first class people. He strikes me as a type. All right, that's a that, that's fair. All right, Jeff Darlington. Like I say, a pleasure uh, reading your work and seeing your work on the network and kibitzing with you over in Indy. And and yes, get out here to L.A. and uh, and we'll and we'll do some more of it. All right, fella. That'd be great. All right, hope Sounds to talk good. with you soon. Take good Thank care. You. See you, Jeff. There he goes. Darlington. Look at that, Wilk. Ty, you feel validated that uh, Jeff Darlington agrees with your opinion about Rob Zombie? He's a man of the people. I do feel validated. Well, his first choice was Sinbad, but he he changed his mind. I mean, right. it, that, it is the instinct to think that Sinbad would be that humble. But I guess I can see it with Rob Zombie, too. Tom Green seems like, ugh, I don't want to bag on Tom All Green. right, point is, put that up as the poll question. Who gets dirty 30-E? Out of that trio. All right, Wilk Ty. What else, Rank? Should we part ways? I wanted to say this. I want to put a new uh, list up there. Maybe we can talk about this next time uh, Next time we're on the podcast because I really want the podcast to start to be 45 minutes. I think that we really need to be disciplined about tight. that. Yeah, tight? Yeah, people 45. like it tight. People like a tight 45. They, don't like, some, it. they don't like a loose 58. I think sometimes they like when we run the light. I know some people do, but other people are like, enough with these two droning pigs. I don't want to listen to them anymore. But let me just say this to you. It occurred to me, as because we just uh, got past a, an extended February mm-hmm. in the March, and I realized March is the toughest-sounding month on the calendar. Do it you is? agree with that? No. What's tougher? It's March. You're walking. Like, what's so tough about... Hey, you're not we're, walking. We're you're marching. marching. Hey, you're still... You're not running. March. That's good. I like that. March. I think that's the toughest sounding one. And then the second one, I think the next best one is October. October. You get through through the Nancified summer months. You go May and June and July. October. That's no, that's that's tough. August uh, is good. August will it'll break you. It's August. You know, yeah. August. You August know, is in there. And you would sit there and I grew up in the desert out in uh, Corona, California. Just outside of Orange County here in California, and in August, it was so hot. Mm. Be, you know, triple digits daily, sometimes getting up to close to 110. It's a gust. It's, it's, but it's March, tough. I'm just telling you that it sounds the toughest. It's like, oh, let's march, everybody. 
all the ones that have been used as girls' names, I think we can agree. What about now marching? Are the softest. If you're January, April, May, boy, that's really that's really the 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 soft part of the calendar in terms mm-hmm. of uh, the way it sounds. Like once you get April, May, June, July, a quartet of of uh, nancified months. But August just August, starts. It puts an end to it. December, December's bleak. You know, it sounds like it's going to be bleak. Mm-hmm. D. You know, it's a, you know, D sound that, you know, D anything is less decline. You know what I'm saying? Depression, December. It's grim. Maybe that. But so I go like that. I'll put my list up. Let's put that up on Dave Toughest sounding months. Let's go with this. We should also put that to a poll, but I'm just going to rank them. I don't need uh, the Czech Republic's opinion on this one. I'm just going to okay. do it straight in. I'm going March, October, August, December. And then that's it. I don't think you can – September ain't tough. November. November, mm-hmm. you're saying no to people. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yes, November. No, November. It's a little too contrarian for me. All right. Always got to say no. I think the softest, though, we agree on the and – also, and also February. Yeah. February. Nah, it sounds not, so pleasant, but it is like that one ain't of the rugged. Most, it's just not a good month. Yeah, pleasant ain't what we're looking for. Tough is what we're looking for. Yeah. All right. So, okay, we figured out a lot. I think we figured out a lot of stuff, more than I even expected to. You know, I like for the podcast to be infotainment. I mm-hmm. often say that I want it to be infotainment. Little did I know that when we began this show that the one who would do the learning today was Dave Damashek. That's true. And I thank you for that, Adam. Rank. And I thank Jeff Darlington for that. And I thank Wilk Ty, and I thank you, the football fan out there. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later on. But in the meantime, Wait. thanks so much. What? What about who is the all-time 56? Oh, I had such a nice way out, though. That was going to be a nice transition out. But you're right. Business is business, Rank. We do like to honor the player who wore that number best in uh, it's episode 56. Well, it's an easy one, so it, it's w- an, we won't, it it's won't be a lot of debate. Hardy Nickerson. <laughs> Lamar Woodley. <laughs> Robin Cole, who are you going for? Oh, these are good ones. Lawrence Taylor is, of course, it. Sean Merriman, no. Andre no. Tippett, no. Tippett, he was he was good player. He was no jive. He's one of those guys, much like Tom Brady was a six round draft pick, and mm-hmm. uh, Antonio Gates played basketball in college. A game, anytime they're on, they have to mention these things about them. Right. Andre Tippett, the uh, outside linebacker, sack happy uh, pass rusher in the '80s for the New England Patriots, they always had to say he's a black belt. They always right. have to say, oh, that's it's a back, right. black belt in Taekwondo. <laughs> All right. I've heard it. Every game that he's ever played. Stop mentioning that he's a black belt in Taekwondo. Andre Tippett, but we'll make it Lawrence Taylor. Chris Dolman wore 56 Chris as Dolman. well. Yep. Chris and Dolman. former Angels pitcher Jared Washburn. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, very good. All right, good for you, Rank. See, just a little more learning stuffed in there right at the end. All right, now we will be back with more later on. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
Did you catch Season 3 of This is Digital? Season 3 of This is Digital goes behind the scenes to reveal how digital trends show up in everyday decisions and actions, including digital lessons from the EV revolution and the chief digital officer's role in disruption and culture, featuring guests like Ekta Chopra of Elf Beauty and Tyson Jomini of J.D. Power. Do you have a digital mindset? Find out by checking out the latest and greatest on Season 3 of This is Digital and learn more at westmonroe.com. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.